As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Snakes, zombies, sharks, heights, speaking in public. The list of fears is endless. But while you're clutching your blanket in the dark, wondering if that sound in the hall was actually a footstep, the real danger is in your hand when you're behind the wheel. And while you might think a great white shark is scary, what's really terrifying and even deadly is distracted driving. Eyes forward. Don't drive distracted. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome, everyone, to the Sports Illustrated Media Podcast. I am your host, Jimmy Traina. Thanks for listening. Phenomenal show today with Ian Eagle from CBS Sports, TNT. Covers, uh, not covers, calls NBA and NFL games. Ian for an hour on the pod was absolutely tremendous. So many funny stories and interesting thoughts on, you know, there's two big jobs out there that Ian could be in the mix for. Uh, the lead play-by-play voice for Turner NBA, obviously, and then Thursday Night Football on Amazon. So we uh, we asked Ian about whether he wants those jobs, whether he'd take those jobs, and how they could fit in with his schedule. He also does games uh, locally in New York, calling the Brooklyn Nets. He shares a great Tom Brady story, some great Bill Raftery stories. So I'm only using the word great, but that's what Ian was. He was great on this podcast. So you will enjoy it. And then following Ian, Salakata joins me for our weekly train of thought segment. Get into some uh, news with the NFL. Fox announcers Gus Johnson back doing some games. Netflix has a documentary coming up on Malice at the Palace. Hard Knocks trailer dropped. So I discuss all that with Sal. If uh, you missed any recent episodes right now, before we get to Ian and train of thoughts, just make sure you catch up in the archives. Great episode last week with Brian Curtis of The Ringer, Lindsay Zarniak two weeks ago, Andrew Marshan three weeks ago, Sean McDonough four weeks ago. If you missed any of those, check them out. And if anybody can leave a review, that would help me. Listen to Ian and then leave the review. If you listen to Ian and you enjoy it, leave a review on Apple. It helps a lot. We're trying to get some uh, new reviews there. We have a lot there, but we haven't had a ton recently. So if you can give a review and uh, you don't even have to praise me. You can praise just the guests. That's fine. That would help tremendously. And subscribe to the SI Media Podcast. Okay, here we go. Enough rambling by me. Ian Eagle, followed by Train of Thoughts right here on the SI Media Podcast. All right, joining me now, one of the best guys out there. Appreciate him coming on. Entertaining and a tremendous play-by-play man, Ian Eagle. Ian, how are you? Jimmy, great to be with you. I think there were years where David Letterman just had guests on reserve just in case. So Marv Albert and Regis Philbin were go-tos. If somebody canceled on Letterman, Marv would come on and automatically, the wild and And the wacky. (laughs) Or if Regis came on, I was at Peter Lugas last (laughs) night. So there would be some, and that was it. That would fill 
listen, I feel like I've moved into the Marv Regis category with you. Well, no, that's not true. I always want to have you. I would have you on all the time, but you're busy with, I mean, you have 87 jobs, so I don't want to harass you. But for the listeners out there, I had teased on Twitter a couple of times that Chris Mad Dog Russo, who Ian used to be a producer for at WFA in New right. York, was supposed to be on this week because he has a podcast he wanted to promote. And then um, dog canceled, legit, you know, legit. It wasn't anything nefarious. He gave me ample time. Uh, canceled earlier in the week and i said who can i have on this week to fill in on short notice and i i went to ian and he was nice enough to say yes and he's filling in for the mad dog which is pretty good yeah the the scheduling scenario did yeah. not work out for me <laughs> there, there's certain it's, words with russo oh, yeah. that he leans on and i know jimmy to this day you're, you're still a, a loyal listener that's one of the words that always got me with chris if he was ever in a pickle and I think pickle is also a word he would use. But if he was ever in a pickle with whatever word was supposed to come next, in the, he would just go with scenario. And that would just cover so many different possibilities to end a sentence. So it's funny. I've had this thought in my head now for a few weeks. Um, and I need to do it soon because once football starts, all bets are off. But I, I'm going to listen to his whole show one day and sort of like live blog it i'm not going to post it live but i'll yeah. do it as like a, a as a si.com story yeah. because it's interesting there are people who i know athletes who get offended when he says names wrong and i've tried to actually say to those athletes like he pronounces literally every word wrong <laughs> and every name so you can't be offended and um he must say scenario in a three-hour show oh yeah maybe 50 to 100 times yeah, everything. Recent. The COVID scenario is when he says the COVID scenario. That that yeah. is what I and it, and it covers so much terrain. Just that one word, yes. uh, Fanny. That's another big yes. one. Instead of yes. butt or ass, and yes. look, you you can you can knock him in the fanny and get him. So there are certain words that just click with him. I yeah. I drove with him to the city for one full year of my life. <laughs> when I was working on that show and I was living in the city and he was living in the city. So I drove him back from work on a daily basis. And obviously we would get into deeper topics than just sports topics. And I quickly realized after like the second or third month, things that I would tell him in the car that might be personal would end up on the air. That was my first real experience with the idea that a talk show host would use your everyday stuff if he needs it in right. a in a moment or in a pickle. So yeah, you know, I would mention, oh yeah, my my wife has this family thing. I want no part of. I don't want to go to this thing. And then literally later that week you'd say, well, as we know, Ian wants no part of his nephew's graduation ceremony. Like, oh shout no. it out to million not not just like millions and millions of people. <laughs> Yes. The whole graduation scenario is yeah. not working for Ian. It just, I, 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 you were on with him, I think, during the tournament, and I listened to it because I texted you because I think he told some story about him telling you not to give him a Xanax if he was in some high anxiety <laughs> situation, and yeah. then he went to you for the Xanax, but during your interview with him on Sirius, he kept calling it Zantac. <laughs> exactly right. So you, you, that's... It was, that's it, it was uh, medication uh, for uh, issues that he had been having uh, with uh, sneezing. Claustrophobia. Oh, oh, that's what. No, no, yeah. no, no. It wasn't as right. deep as that. No, yeah, yeah. no. It was just pollen, really. Yeah, yeah. 
and he didn't like how it, it made him feel. So he would tell me, hey, do not let me take that. And then finally he came back to me. But then he added to the story by saying he told a buddy of his not to give me the Xanax. And he called it Zantec or whatever right. for stomach. Right. Yes. yes. Right. No, he compl- he's got a lot of malaprops. They're all yeah. very entertaining. Uh, Ye- yesterday's man, quote, he, a- he is his own guy. We know that. The quote yesterday that killed me, and then we'll move on, is he said that the pandemic was, quote, still bouncing around. <laughs> End quote. Thanks to the variant. Who yes. would ever describe a pandemic as bouncing around? It's the perfect, it's a, it's perfect a very summation. simple way of putting it, but also very, yeah. very descriptive. But and a dog would get completely enthralled by my travels. He, oh, every, he yeah. was a human OAG. Remember before the internet, there was this thing called the OAG, where if you subscribe to it, it had every flight in America in this right. pamphlet. And he had it, and he didn't even fly that often. And I would say, "Why?" He go, I, I, "I just, I like the travel. I, I like the, the 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 airlines, the time." And he would reach out to me when I first started doing NFL. He said, "Are you taking the eight twenty five Embraer out of Kansas City to get?" I'm like, "Yes." Why would you know this, man? And he just had weird knowledge. Like Unbelievable! That. That's so great. Is this um, is this a little downtime for you? Because as as we know, you do the NBA on TNT, and you have the Nets during the regular season. Yeah, and now uh, obviously NFL on CBS. So is this a little break for the Birdman, or do you still have some things going on in these next two to three weeks? No, it's been a break, Jimmy. I've had a nice. uh, good time off. We went away. I've done some day drinking, which uh, does not take place normally during my everyday life from September through the end of May. Uh, it, it's rare that I drink at all over the course of the season, but then I go the other way during the off season. I think I try to pack as much in as possible and then turn the switch off when, when the season gets underway. So yeah, it's been, it's been some you, quality downtime. Your, your old partner, Bill Rafter, he would be proud to hear that. Oh, sure. I've been out with him a number of times. I have seen him on four mm-hmm. or five occasions and I think he likes this version of me better. <laughs> like, hey, have a little, have a little wine, birdie. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, he's, he's doing great. He's feeling great. He's. It's amazing. It's he's amazing. amazing. He is yeah. a freak of nature. They're, they're gonna, they're gonna study him for science for sure. One day, uh, I had, and we'll get into some some professional things, but let's we're keeping it light right now. I I, I had Sean McDonough on the podcast recently yeah. in the last month, and he told a phenomenal Raft story uh, uh, about which I, I you've probably had this experience as, as, as the same as Sean. But Sean <laughs> said they were uh, they were on the road. Doing, I think he said they were doing a Notre Dame game. Yeah. I'm not a hundred percent sure uh, for a big Monday, and when it was over, they go to to the airport to get the rental cars. <laughs> And Raft is looking around for the car and he can't find it. And, and this is going on for several minutes. And McDonough finally says to him, did you by any chance go out drinking the other night and leave the car there? Because you didn't want to drive after you had a few pops. Right. And Raft, oh, yeah, that's what happened to the car. Uh, yeah, I, I have one uh, that always goes back into my thought process with him. There's so many. And right. yes, I have heard that story. And I've heard Bill's version of that story, which basically mirrors Sean's version. But <laughs> like, who, who would know? I forgot about it. Uh, 
he was doing the Nets and ESPN, and he was crisscrossing the country. And he ends up doing a game with me in San Francisco, but he flew in the day of, and he had done a Wake Forest game the day before. He really had no right to do both, but he just was packing it in and he gets there and he's working on no sleep. And he ends up, I think I've told you parts of this story where he ends up in Mike O'Corn, the radio analyst room, Mike had already checked out just to do some notes on his bed. I wake him up the whole nine yards. So we eventually get to the game and we're now doing the first segment of the, of the pregame. And I lead into him in regards to the Nets, Derek Coleman going against the Warriors and Rav looks at me and, and he just starts singing. I said here at the city by the Bay, and he says, sitting at the dock of the bay. And he's now going to go into the second verse. And the producer hits <laughs> my earpiece and says, does he have any idea we're on the air? And I, I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> and they roll the Coleman clip and he starts doing it. And he does it flawlessly. And we get to break. And I toss back to the studio. And he looks at me. He says, good rehearsal. I said, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> that just aired on television, Bill. He's like, what? He had no idea. He truly, he said, well, how was it? I said, you were great. You did great, buddy. Those of us who make a living based on content on the internet, we would pay money for that video. We would pay money for that video. I would love to it's see like, that. It's like 1995. Yeah. Well, so you said Derek Coleman's. Yeah, sure. I remember those days. Um, so let's get into a couple of uh, sports media things, you know, broadcasting things yeah. and we'll, I want to have some fun with your food issues because it's amazing <laughs> that this becomes a big thing every time. So, yeah, but I got But you know, Weird. listen, if, if someone is talking to Ian Eagle, like I am, Marv just retired. Yeah. So naturally there is a lead position open at TNT. I would assume you would want that lead position. Yeah. I think the way these jobs work, is they don't come around all that often. So when something opens up and you think you might be a good fit, of course it crosses your mind, but you also recognize there are other people that feel the same way. And I think with Turner, they're in a really advantageous position. They've got a lot of great broadcasters in their stable and how it all plays out, what the pairings look like, I'm not even sure they're necessarily going to say, this is our A crew, this is our B crew. They might keep it loose and pair up different guys during the season. My goal is to continue and, and keep working for them and do big NBA games when those are available to me as far as the spot. I don't know how all of it's going to play out. I do know that they're great people over there and it's been a really nice working relationship the last number of years. I've actually been there a long time because it was such a part-time basis where they needed me for playoff series and the Nets just yeah. weren't making the playoffs. So I ended up uh, with them for an extended period, a lot longer than you would think until you actually look at it on paper and went, oh my goodness, I've been doing playoff games for them in some capacity since 09 or 2010. I was a sideline reporter for them Back in 1996. Wow, I have no recollection yeah. of that. That's Kevin wild. Harlan doing play-by-play. -play. Yeah. Dick Versace was the analyst, and I was the okay. sideline reporter for San Antonio Phoenix. I remember vividly 
interviewing Cotton Fitzsimmons of the Phoenix Suns. Doc Rivers was playing for the Spurs. I did a pregame hit before the tip with Doc. Wow. Uh, Charles Barkley was on that team. It was really the end of the Suns run at that point. And that was my first assignment for TNT, 1996, incredibly enough. I was wondering, though, do the other jobs impact whether you can get the lead job for TNT only because I, you have the Nets, obviously, locally yep. on Yes here in New York, and then the NFL, which I would assume is priority over everything, especially with the number two crew. You get a playoff game and all that stuff. Yep. Um, so would there be any issues if, if TNT wanted you to take that job? Yeah, you would have to look at it as a jigsaw puzzle. And that's how I've tried to, to look at this all through the years. How do you get the pieces to fit together, especially when you're juggling a number of balls in the air? So for me, I've been incredibly fortunate that I've had all these opportunities, but I've also been able to maintain them because I figure out how to make it work scheduling wise. And I don't make it a problem for any of those companies. I don't right. go to one of those networks and say, hey, by the way, I got this, so count me out. I try to make myself available. It could. It could affect it just based on there are only so many days in the year and there are only so many events that you can cover. If you have a certain minimum that you have to hit on your contract, you've got to respect that. Back yeah. in 1998, uh, I got a call to do a college basketball game for CBS. And it was only because every one of their announcers were in Nagano for the Olympics, okay. for the Winter mm -hmm. Olympics, 1998. Yeah. So I did a Arkansas-Vanderbilt game on a February weekend in 1998. And the only reason I could do it, it was All-Star Weekend in the NBA. I was off. I had nothing in my contract at the time with the Nets that would allow me to do other stuff. And it was dumb luck more than anything else. So I did the game. I worked with John Sunvold. It was a nondescript game. And I went back home, assuming this was going to be a one-off. They ended up calling me a week later, seeing if I was available for a Syracuse-Georgetown game, which would have been my dream right, to do Syracuse-Georgetown. Syracuse I had just graduated from Syracuse. That was the ultimate for that school and the rivalry. I couldn't do it. The Nets were playing the Pacers, and I could not get out of it. And then I thought, well, that's it. That's the end of it for CBS. I can't believe I'm saying no to this, but I couldn't do it. Right. They called me back to say, here's when the seminar is for the NCAA tournament. And I called at the time. It was Fox Sports New York. It was under the auspices of MSG. Yeah. And the boss there, Mike McCarthy, who now is running the, the network for the Chicago Cubs, a great guy. I basically pleaded with him. I said, look. Could I get this weekend off to do the NCAA tournament? And fortunately, he said yes. He didn't have to contractually. Right. So that was a case of I had built up some goodwill. I think he recognized that in the big picture, this was going to be a good thing for my career. During the NCAA tournament, Jimmy, I remember opening up the USA Today. I was in Sacramento, me and Jim Spinarkle. And the teams there were Maryland and Arizona and Illinois and Illinois State and Nichols State and Utah State. And I opened up the USA Today. It was left at my, at my door of the hotel, the Hyatt Regency, because everybody got a USA Today at their door. And Rudy Martsky's column stated CBS gets the rights to the AFC. 
And that was it that changed yeah. my whole career yeah. because CBS got the rights. I was working for CBS. Right. I had done the Jets. And then the whole path changed based on, you know, basically a, a few weeks in time in 1998. It does show you, too. I, I'd be curious what you what you think about this. because Whenever people ask me about getting in this business, obviously we do different things, but it's yeah. it's sports media under the umbrella. You know, I always say to them, you know, I, I don't like saying this, but from my experience, what happened to me and what I've seen with other people who you know is almost more important than what you know. And I, I don't mean, it, you know, it comes off as like a negative and I don't mean it as a negative because you got, you know, you had Mike McCarthy on your side there to help you if he doesn't yep. give you that permission. You know, so you need, and I think it's it's more true with what you do than what I do with, with TV, play-by-play, et cetera. You need people in higher positions on your side if you want to keep going and going and going. No, you're right about that. Relationships are really important and fostering them and maintaining them and not taking them for granted. I think for me on a personal level, that's been a big part of success. And it's not it's not ass kissing. It's actually finding a commonality and a common bond and doing the work that's required to maintain the relationship and right. staying in touch and checking in and finding where that fine line is of feedback and input and developing a back and forth. No, I can't tell you how many times in the course of my career, somebody that was in a position to make a decision that would affect my life, fortunately made the decision that benefited me based on the fact that they trusted me or believed in me, or I had built up enough equity in the relationship for them to believe in me. For all of these things to work out for me in scheduling, it does take an understanding boss somewhere along the line to see the big right. picture. That's look, the thing. You, you need you that person get, helping you, you not to be a jerk and to yes. want to help you. And sometimes you do get a boss that doesn't see it that way. And you have to accept that too. They're in the position of power. And 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 I like I don't I don't want to specifically call anyone a jerk because I don't know the details, but the fact that like ESPN and CBS can't work something out where they let Dick Vital do the tournament one year after the guy's been, you know, whether listen, you may not like his style, you may love him. It doesn't matter yeah. where you fall on the Vital scale. That's a guy who deserves to call a tournament once in his life. I mean, come on, like work that out for the guy, yeah. you know? Yeah, I, th I thought you were going to call it the Vital scenario, but I, I guess it, the Vital scale. <laughs> that is a, as well. definitely a Vital scenario. There, <laughs> yeah. for sure. No, but I, yeah. I, I see your point. I, I yeah. do think sometimes there are some inner workings that we're not right. familiar with behind the scenes, things that took place years earlier, things right. that might have been petty. And, and here's the other part. And Jimmy, you live in this world, and oftentimes you're asked to make very snap observations on something that happens within the media. Mm -hmm. And we all know that the easiest way to do it is to take it off of what was the latest incident that happened. Right. And oftentimes it's deeper than that. When someone is let go, when someone is fired or someone is replaced, everyone just assumes, oh, they got railroaded. They got screwed because of this. This happened right. and then that happened. And oftentimes there's 10 other things that go into it that we know nothing about that had been building and building and building. But the PR hit is they let this person go. It's right. over. And it's based on this incident. It's not always that cut and dry. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of like, a lot of behind the scenes things that, you know, some people have the same agent, different agents. Yeah. And who know the, you know, there's a lot of that. Uh, speaking of agents, just just to follow up on it. Now, when Sean McDonough was on, he told me he 
he made no secret. He pursued ESPN hard about getting that lead NHL gig. Do you go to TNT and say, I want this job if it's, you know, I mean, not if it's available, it is available, but do you make, do you make it clear to them that you would be happy to get that gig and you want it? Yeah. I, I try to pick and choose those situations carefully. Uh, I, I found in my experience that telling management how to do their job is not necessarily the best way to go about moving up or advancing, but you do have to make your your feelings known in some way. So uh, you just have to be smart about it and aware of your surroundings. And as I mentioned earlier, that other people also feel the same way. And it's not shouting from the rooftops and it's not calling over and over or sending endless emails. I think every situation is different. You've got to view it that way. There's no one specific formula of doing it of, oh yeah, the second I heard about it, I picked up the phone and I called so-and-so and and I let it be known. It just doesn't work that way. You've got to be smart and you've got to be selective on, on how you approach it. And the hope also is that like everything else in life, it is a meritocracy where uh, you hope that your skill and your talent is what really stands out in these situations. But as we know, it's, it's not always that way there are so many other factors that come into play i will say i mean this is not for you to say it's for me to say but tnt is in a good spot here which is usually it's usually the opposite because i listen if you're just going by common sense you'd think they'd go with you or kevin harlan brian anderson all three obviously are excellent and i think what helps them a lot this is from this is what my my experience is and again not for you to say you and harlan are so beloved they're going to get an automatic good pr bump if you know, it's one of you guys and that, you know, usually when you're coming in to fill in for a legend and, and yeah. not even a legend, the old timer, that's, a, that's rough. But for TNT, I mean, they lucked out in this situation because that's not an easy spot. So at least they're, you know, for them, they, they, they should be, you know, grateful that, you know, if it's you or Harlan, from what I've seen from Twitter reaction, talking to friends, I mean, the fans would be very happy with that, which is not the case. Fans are usually not happy. We're usually very <laughs> miserable people. Well, what are you saying? You're saying yeah. Twitter is a place that can be a bastion of negativity. It I could don't, be a I problem. Don't but, see, I, but here's the thing, Ian, you know, I know you have the secret account where you <laughs> see what's going on because oh, you yeah. knew that I had a guest cancel. And the only way you would know that is from Twitter. So, I, you know, right. I don't, I would love to know how much time you're spending on that secret account. Well, let me take you in a different direction because sure. I am very much in tune with what's happening. So yes. you're right. There is a burner account and I have never tweeted from it. I follow people that affect my position as a broadcaster and as an NFL, NBA, and some other sports that I'm interested, uh, observer. But what I have found over the last, I'd say, four months in particular that has really shocked me is this TikTok tundra that takes place at about 10 o'clock at night. I have no idea why it's happening what started it, but I will go on a, a 45 minute run. Oh, and I'm see, in a I do trance. I do two hours, so you're in good shape. Okay. All right, I'm yeah. not as addicted yeah. as you. But it started, but, but the, the stuff that's obviously the algorithm now yeah. is following what, what I'm into. Right. I'll go down weird rabbit holes where uh-huh. I'm doing 11 minutes on Nell Carter, and I don't know why. <laughs> 
I watched Give Me a Break, but I don't need that much Nell Carter knowledge. And then out of nowhere, I'll make a left turn and I'm watching the opening sequence from a Patty Duke, John Vernon, <laughs> a.k.a. Dean Wormer sitcom. And I can't understand yeah. where the time goes. I look up and, and I say, this is blew my night. It's it's insane how addicting it is. I, I have a lot to say here. I, first of all, I need to thank you from the bottom of my heart for the first ever Nell Carter reference on the SI <laughs> Media Podcast. As someone who grew up in the 80s, I was yeah. a big Give Me a Break fan, so we need yeah. to give Nell her, her credit there. Devastating when uh, when Chief died on the show. And uh, Dolph life. Sweet, yeah. Yes. That yes. was tough. And when Joey Lawrence grew up, uh, for me, yes. that was also tough. He and he, uh, he didn't have that you know, same little uh, that that bull haircut. He he was getting bigger yeah. then. And you know it's funny. There was I had a I had a night on TikTok recently within the last month I would say, where I think within like a a five minute span, I followed Giannis, Sean Mendez, and Frank Sinatra. <laughs> I mean. So when you say you go into the rabbit hole, I know exactly. And it started for me during the, at the beginning of the pandemic. I have two nieces who are 16 and 11. Their whole life is TikTok. They yeah. don't care about anything but TikTok. So that's how I began to get, begun to get familiar with it. And then the addiction is real. Yeah. And you know what the other insane part of it is? And I think this, this plays into the addiction. I've convinced myself that at some point, I'm just going to get to the end. That there will never be something new that can surprise me. That as I keep, and the other part, it plays, I don't have ADD, but I know right. obviously a lot of people do. Yeah, It plays to that. If you don't like something within two seconds, you swipe up and you move on to the next thing. Right. And I, I just have some weird notion that I'm going to finish at some point. I'm going to get yeah. To the top of the mountain, right? And it's over. And I'm going to get a message saying, "You've seen every TikTok. Go it won't happen. Read a book, right? Yeah. It's not going to happen. It's not going to. I just remembered the, that's what got me into it. It was at the beginning of the pandemic, and what I got into it for, and made an account to why I, was, I got into all the Karen videos. <laughs> it was everyone fighting about the masks. I'm not yes. wearing the mask in this store. My freedoms, yes. my freedoms. I, I'm sick. You know, one per it would be one person going into the store saying, I'm not wearing the mask. And she would say, I have a note from my doctor. I'm sick. It's my yes. freedoms. It's the first amendment. It's Russia's trying to control it. So like, well, which one is it? So it was all the Karen videos is what got me into it at first. And then you see that there's so much other stuff on there that it's just incredible. And yeah, like I'll have those nights where it's one and 2 a.m. And I'm like, I just want it, like, why doesn't it just kick me off or something? Already? And and the problem is, if something is of interest to you, then you begin oh, yeah. to really go deeper. Uh, I, I don't know, about a month ago, I watched 12 straight Bernie Coppell videos. Uh, that That's Doc from Love Boat. Great guy, wonderful actor. But I didn't need that in my life at that point. I didn't know. But maybe, but maybe you maybe did. Maybe I did. But maybe you did. Maybe I did. I, I did read something. It was funny because when the pandemic first started, those first few months, I, you know, people were binging all sorts of things like Tiger King. And I did that too. Yeah. But I did go back and rewatch a lot. Of, I rewatched Curb. I rewatched The Sopranos. I rewatched, I think, the, um, 
Larry Sanders show. And I read something recently about how if you have anxiety, you went back and watched old things when the, and I was like, there it is. There it is. Yeah. So, and this, and that's the thing with TikTok. I mean, there's the perception that it's for people who are 13, but it's now transformed to like, like Frank Sinatra has an official account on there that I just followed. So yeah, look, um, you know, my wife who uh, obviously knows all about the broadcasting industry now because of me and because of my son and has been around it forever and can speak fluently on these topics, I will find her in a space in our house, as I call it, talking. (laughs) And I'll look over and say, are you talking right now? She'll look up. I am. You know, you get the beady eyes, you get into the fiend mode where it's feeding back. It's It's like the alcoholic sneaking to have a drink or the person who overeats hiding behind the food counter to eat that cupcake. Yes, and you find now the wrappers underneath a vase. Sadly, I can relate to both of those categories. Um, (laughs) I'm hitting close to home, I'm sorry. Yes, yes. Um, Yeah, you know, listen, it's and I there's stuff you... I will say I had I talked about this last week. I had an experience there where I got like my first negative comments on TikTok. And because those people Ooh. don't know you, man, they're vicious. But it, it's oh, yeah. all good. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, my, my daughter is heavily involved. She has a, a rather large account, a fashion account with uh, nearly oh, nice. 170,000 followers. And it's a huge part of her life. Yeah, yeah. And I see now that it's a way to make a living, which is. Hard to believe she just graduated college and this has been a bridge yeah. to having a professional career. It's it's wild. Yeah, it really is wild. And, you know, the media game constantly changing. That's what it that's another layer of this. Speaking of the media game changing, this is another question I had for you, which is it on let let's say hypothetically you didn't get the lead NBA job for TNT for whatever reason. Would the Thursday night Amazon football game appeal to you? Would you want that job? Yeah, I've been doing Thursday night on the radio for Westwood One for 11 seasons. This might be year number 12 coming up. So I did get used to the schedule. Right, because you could do it Thursday and Sunday. Yeah, yeah, it's it's challenging, though, Jimmy. I'll say that the the information when you start doing the numbers, it's 53 players on a roster. That's 106 for a game that you have to have a working knowledge of. And now you multiply it by two, you're at 212 names a week where it's not just you have to be able to recall their name. You have to know something about them and be able in the moment to give some valuable piece of information and the wear and tear, the travel. I've enjoyed it. I like the juggle. It actually helps me because as the season goes on, if you had Tennessee and Jacksonville on a Thursday and now you get Tennessee on a Sunday or Jacksonville on a Sunday, you feel like, oh, I've done a lot of the prep here. I'm absolutely prepared. And now I just have to uh, dot some I's and cross some T's and, and get into the, the thick of it with the specific information for the week. So I've enjoyed it. Uh, who knows? I'm, I'm curious how all of that plays out. I think Amazon is going to try to do something unique and special. The bottom line for Amazon is they are going to have to still present the game. NFL fans want to see the game. So you can do some innovative stuff, 
but you can't lose sight of what you need to do, the meat and potatoes of doing the game. It's got to look like an NFL game. It's got to sound like an NFL game. It's got to feel like an NFL game. And as long as they check all three of those boxes, I think they're going to be able to try some things and maybe find some new terrain that that hasn't been covered in in previous iterations of this. So it sounds like you'd be up for that gig if it was. <laughs> Is that what you took out of that answer? That's what I took out. And also, you know, I assumed which I guess I should never do as a host, but I assumed if TNT went to you and said, I and we want you to replace Marv as our lead NBA announcer, and if Amazon went to you and said, we want you to do Thursday night football, you would obviously do the NBA over the NFL. That was my assumption. Was I correct in that assumption? Hold on, let me, let me write this yeah. down. These are, yeah. these are good life yeah. paths to follow. Yeah. You'd want the no NBA. Idea, Jimmy. You would. You don't know which job you would choose if no. you had to pick one of those jobs? Really? I have no idea. No. Oh, see, I would always think you would go NBA. I mean, yeah, the NFL is bigger, but I feel like you're an NBA guy. I don't know, because I remember you calling the Nets for 100 years. So I always think I of mean, you as an yeah, NBA obviously guy. Yeah, obviously, I've been doing the NBA longer. I started in 94, started doing NFL officially play-by-play in 97. So they've both been, been long-term jobs. Hey, look, these would be really good problems to have. So oh, yeah, for sure. If those sure. kinds of things pop up, great. <sighs> Interesting. All right. That that threw a wrinkle there at me, I must say. I must say. I That's thought it'd be NBA me, all the way. Yeah. Yeah. You have a lot to think about, it seems like. Um, I'm going to go on TikTok. I, I can't. This yeah. is like too huge to, for me to even ponder. Let's take a moment to breathe. Deep inhale. Extend your spine. Remain focused on what you're doing. If safe to do so, exhale slowly, leaning to one side. Inhale back to center. If safe to do so, exhale slowly to the opposite side. Find mental health resources at loveyourmindtoday.org. This message is brought to you by the Huntsman Mental Health Institute and the Ed Council. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everyone. This is Molly and Matt, and we're the hosts of Grown Up Stuff How to Adult, a podcast from Ruby Studio and iHeart Podcasts. It's a show dedicated to helping you figure out the trickiest parts of adulting. Like how to start planning for retirement, creating a healthy skincare routine, understanding when and how much to tip someone, and so much more. Here's a clip from an upcoming episode featuring the weekly home checks, Keyshawn Lane, that you won't want to miss. A common mistake that a lot of people do, they use fabric softener when it's not so great for your clothes. Should we never be using fabric softener? No, you should not ever be using oh. fabric softener. It leaves a deposit on our clothes, which is also left in the machine. And it also makes the clothes highly flammable. Wait, what? <laughs> yes. What you want to do instead is just use a quarter cup of vinegar. And that'll make them softer? That'll make them softer. And if you wanted some kind of scent, you can use essential oils. Wow, wow, wow. Catch new episodes of Grown Up Stuff How to Adult every other Tuesday on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Grown Up Stuff. So, 
here's I, I thought it would be fun I, I hate doing hokey bullshit but you're very funny sure. and quick so I figured if I'm going to do this with someone I just have a couple of like topics I just wanted to throw at you just yeah. see what you know whatever this is not hokey bullshit though right okay well it is but we'll see what happens I, <laughs> I, I thought you might have a comment or two that could yeah. that could be interesting for people just your thoughts on random things and then we're going to get into some food things we'll start with a sports related item okay Travis Kelsey is it Kelsey or Kels? What, what, what have you been saying? What are you going to say this season? Oh, my gosh. First of all, I find him to be hilarious. Oh, yeah. He is tremendous in our production meetings. He's always good. He never disappoints. He's ridiculously likable. Uh, there was a show on Showtime. It didn't last very long. It's with John C. Riley, And he's in the first episode. And I don't want to give anything away. Right. Again, it didn't really hit. It's about space travel. They only yes. made seven episodes. I did watch it. He kills it. He is absolutely phenomenal in it. So if you want to go search it out on Showtime, give it a shot. Did you ever watch his e-reality show? I, I did watch a yeah. bit of it because I wanted to be prepared. I knew we were going to have him in a production meeting. And I don't want to hit him with the same old shit. Right. So I wanted to come right. at it from a different angle. So I ended up watching a few episodes. And again, I the thought concept, it was tremendous. Yeah. Now, for people who don't know, the concept of the show was Kel Travis Kelsey was looking for a girlfriend because I'm Correct. sure he had a lot of trouble finding a girlfriend. Correct. Um, good looking NFL player. Just probably. Yeah. yeah you six know, five. Strugg chiseled, struggling. Yeah. Struggling. Yeah. 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 Uh, so and to he, answer your question. Wait, I just want to say one thing. So he went on the show and the concept was he was going to date. Yeah. 50 women, one from each state in the United right. States. Because again, just with Travis Kelsey need more women well, that he can date. It's equal opportunity. He wanted yes. to give every state yes. a fair shot. I respect him. You know, I okay. thought it was noble. It was a great show. I, I actually thought the show was yeah. pretty good. It was cheesy yeah. as hell, but he sold it well. Absolutely. And again, he's very affable. I, I think part of me believes he's screwing with people on this Kelsey Kels thing. Right. And then another part of me believes that maybe there is something to it that back in the day he was called this and, you know, his brother's a professional player too. He absolutely could have corrected somebody along the way at the collegiate level, at the professional level. It reminded me of a story personally. So the, the Nets go to the NBA finals with Jason Kidd at the helm and they're going to play the Los Angeles Lakers. And we fly to L.A. Bill Raftery and I had done the games all season. They're going to have us do pre and post game, pre game hits, post game hits. Again, this was under the umbrella of MSG, but it was Fox Sports New York. And the night before game one of the NBA finals, I'm in my hotel room. And again, this is pre cell phone. So we're talking O2. And I get a call to my room. And I pick up the phone in my room and the person says, hey, Ian, what's up? It's T-Mac. I'm like, who the hell is T-Mac? I'm like, hey, what's going on? He's like, hey, I just saw Bill Raftery. What time are you meeting for dinner? And I really have no idea who this is on the phone. And I think it's a fan. I don't know what's going on. I, I, don't, I don't know the voice. And I just play it off. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm not really sure. I'm not sure, man. He's like, oh, really? I'm like, no. And he goes, oh, all right, thanks. And he hangs up. I'm like, that was weird. 
So I go downstairs. We're meeting at seven o'clock. So I meet Raf in the lobby. Frank DeGrace, our producer, is with us. And then Todd McCullough, who's a center on the Nets, is there as well. And I say, hey, what's up, Todd? He goes, what's your problem, man? I go, what's my problem? He goes, I just called your room an hour ago and you wouldn't. I go, you're T-Mac? He goes, yeah. I go, nobody's ever called you T-Mac that I've ever heard. He goes, so I had no idea it was Todd McCullough. The story gets, the story gets to another angle. One, one last one. So we go to dinner and his father joins us for dinner at an Italian restaurant. He's going to play Shaquille O'Neal the next day. I'm staring at him across the table. I'm thinking in 24 hours, you are going to get your ass kicked by Shaquille O'Neal. But on this night, he's at an Italian restaurant with me, some of the guys on the TV crew and his dad. So his dad who's tall guy, six, eight Canadian, nice guy turns to me and he says, Hey, I got a bone to pick with you. I'm like, Oh my gosh. I said, what's up? He said, our name is McCulloch. I said, what? McCulloch? I, I said, seriously? And now Todd's sitting across the table. And I said, Mr. McCulloch, I am so sorry. I actually went to your son before the season, which I did at media day. And I asked him, how do you pronounce your name? Because it means a lot to me based on my own name. And he told me it's McCullough, Todd McCullough. And then Mr. McCulloch looks at me and goes, well, he doesn't know. <laughs> Who the hell am I supposed to believe? Right, here? right, 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 right. So oh, in, in Travis Kelsey's case, it may have been Kels at some point, but it's accepted as Kelsey. At some point, I think what I'm going to do this year, Jimmy, I'm not, I'm not joking. If he drops a pass, I'll call him Kels. And if he catches a pass, he's Kelsey. So that works. That'll work. Okay. Um, do you know what an FT is? F NFT is, and if so, can you explain it to me? I am familiar with the terminology. I do not understand it, and I'm not in that world. No, I cannot explain it to you. I'm not. Uh, I'm not your guy. It doesn't make any sense to me. Did J Lo no. rush back to Ben Affleck too soon? No. No, I think they're soulmates. No, soulmates. Soulmates, yep. All right, yep. this one's a little more detailed. We have seen a side of Tom Brady in the past year that we have not seen before. Yeah. You have been in meetings with him for probably 20 years. Yeah. Are we seeing a new Tom Brady, or has this always been Tom Brady? Do you chalk it up to him not being in New England? Do you chalk it up to him being 44 and he doesn't care anymore and he's showing everyone what he is? What is going on here? Ding, ding, ding. That's the indicator that your second part was correct. So this it has, has always been England. him. Okay. Always been him. And he's, he's just letting people see the real him. I, I've always been impressed with him. And I, I did, if it wasn't his first start, it was his second start after the Bledsoe injury. And he walked into the meeting room. I was blown away by his friendliness and by his openness and his ability to answer every question you threw his way and give you something worthwhile, very similar to Peyton in that regard. The difference that I think now we see is the playful side. And he was comfortable, certainly with Dan Fouts and I. Dan had covered him when he was in high school. Dan had video. He brought video with him at one point of him interviewing Tom Brady when he was in high school and them doing a walk and talk. 
And it obviously resonated with Tom because he's talking to a Hall of Fame QB who was a local anchor in San Francisco. He was at KPIX in San Francisco doing the sports and interviewed Tom Brady, who was uh, starting to emerge in the Bay Area. So he was always comfortable with Dan and Dan could screw with him and Dan could poke at him. And Tom was playful back. I remember very specifically one particular instance for me. I'm doing the Nets during the NFL season. I'm trying to pack it all in. I had a net game on a Friday. I took the first flight available Saturday morning to get to New England. And look, their facility is not that close to Boston. It's not that close to Providence. It's a hike. I fly into Boston. I get a ride from Boston into their facility. And I get there. And Jimmy, I'm a wreck. I'm a wreck. I'm working on... For me, too little sleep. I don't drink coffee. I've never had a sip of coffee in my life. So I know people would say, like, I just pound a couple of cups of coffee. I don't do it. I go into the meeting room and they had in the press area, it's empty except for us. First, they bring Dunkin' Donuts, big box. And in the press area, they have sodas. And it was a large Pepsi. And it's nine something in the morning. I'm, I was on like a 7 a.m. flight or 6.50. So I just convinced myself, I'm just going to have the Pepsi. That's going to give me the, the jolt. And they bring donuts. So Tom walks in. I have a large Pepsi in front of me and a half-eaten chocolate-frosted donut. And he walks in and he says, having a good morning, Ian? How's that all working out for you? I said, oh, no, no, no. I, yeah, normally I wouldn't. I wouldn't have a Pepsi at 9 a.m., but he doesn't want to hear it. He's like, no, no, you're, you're having a Pepsi at 9 a.m. and you've eaten a donut. He goes, you know, I go to a healthy donut shop, which is only a half mile away. I was like, well, that's kind of an oxymoron. Like, why, why would you have a healthy donut? That, that, and I said, well, have you ever had a Pepsi? He goes, no, never had soda. So he crushed me at that point, And I believe he fat shamed me as well. <laughs> And so now I think, this he, I think he, he he health shamed you. He health he, shamed you. He health shamed. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Three weeks later, we have him again. Road game. First thing he says when he steps up, he's like, where's your donut? Where's your Pepsi? He knows to keep going back to it. A year later, he'll go back to it. That is he tremendous. He doesn't forget shit. That ever. is true. Yeah. That is, I, I mean, I, I don't even know where to, I have so many things about that. I mean- See, here's my thing. When he says, you know, he's never had a soda, he's never had a strawberry, even as a kid, that's, you know, I get it during your professional career. He's, listen, whatever he's done has worked, and I believe him when he says it. It's not that I, but you never had a soda as a kid? That one's yeah, hard I, to believe. I, you know, I wasn't allowed to have soda as a kid, and that backfired on my parents, because but, then right. I was curious. I was drawn in by the idea Right of soda, and, and I feel like if the adult, if your parents don't let you have soda, as soon as you get to a friend's house, you're guzzling a two liter oh. of Pepsi. Well, what happened? So my parents traveled a great deal. My yeah. my mom moved to the West Coast to pursue entertainment. My father was on the road two hundred plus days a year as an entertainer and representing Xerox after this very successful commercial that he did as a monk. And I was basically living with a housekeeper, a live in housekeeper. And a friend of mine, a buddy of mine, Stephen Justman, came to the house and he had a Mountain Dew and he threw it out 
in my garbage. And our housekeeper saw it. And she asked me, she said, Ian, you like Mountain Dew? I was like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I love Mountain Dew. I'd never had a Mountain Dew in my life. Right. She gets a case of it. I didn't sleep for two weeks. I pounded <laughs> this stuff like it was going out of style. And my father got home. There might have been like one can left on the shelf. He goes, hey, right. what's going on here? I was like, dude, things are All hell is broken loose. That's what's going on. Life is different, man. Can I tell I knew you? Life I, pre-Mountain Dew. Now I know a different life. I've never had a Mountain Dew. Man, it's. Did you ever have Jolt Cola in no, college? No, no. Yeah, no, no. It was a rush. I was never into. Yeah, um, the Brady stuff. I just can't get over it. Do you, Tom Brady recently told Jim Gray he shops at Target? Do you believe him? I believe him. Yeah, I do too. I believe him, and I like that. Yeah, he's a good dude. I'm. I'm telling it, you this from someone now. I agree. Has, no, I. Had I agree. Hundred percent. He's I've always loved really Tom. Good he's, guy. he's always been my favorite player to watch. I've told this story a million times. I interviewed him once in person for SI. I was blown away yeah. by the experience. So I, I, I'm with you on that. You know, it's funny because we're talking about Brady. And I thought of it earlier when you mentioned a burner account. And I should ask you since we're doing this. What is doing the Nets? What has your experience been like with Durant? Obviously, you're not going to sit here and bash him. But um, obviously... I don't want to use the word controversial. I don't think he's controversial, but a unique personality. Let's yeah. just say that. And like I said, he came in my head when you mentioned burner account because he loves to uh, mix it up on social media. <laughs> as does. the Nets, as the voice of the Nets, what's been your experience with Durant? Uh, limited, but okay. the experiences that I've had with him have been positive. I think he's a really interesting guy. Uh, he doesn't put up this false persona. Uh, he's not trying to project something that he's not. He, at some point over the course of his career, decided, I'm just going to be real. <laughs> and some people yeah. are going to like it and some people aren't, but I'm just going to do me and do my thing. And ultimately, he's been incredibly smart as a businessman. He and his uh, business partner, Rich Kleinman, have done some major deals. And yeah. he has accepted what comes with this job. And to some degree, he's embraced it, sometimes to his detriment, probably. It would probably be healthier just to let some stuff go. But mm -hmm. he likes it. He enjoys the visceral effect of getting into it with fans or pundits, calling people out on their bullshit, if he believes that to be the case. Uh, to me, it's, it's kind of refreshing. And it is amazing. I mean, the NBA season really did come down to his foot being... Yeah. Yeah. A centimeter, maybe insane. Like, like, you truly, yeah. truly. You said you, you said you had limited interaction with him. I assume mainly because of COVID, right? Yeah, Probably pandemic. Yeah. You know, for yeah, yeah. one full year, there's been nothing. Well, I didn't. When, I didn't see yeah. a player. I didn't right. talk to a player other than on Zoom. I have not been with a player or a coach since March 10th of right. 2020. I met with. Doc Rivers and Steve Kerr in person for a TNT game. Me and Stan Van Gundy right. did the game in San Francisco. And I also recall that was the last time I shook someone's hand. Raymond Ritter, the <laughs> PR guy for the Warriors, I shook his hand at the end of the night. The next day, all hell broke loose. I took a red eye home. There was one person on the plane wearing a mask at that point. And even then, I was like, what's that person doing? What, yeah. What's going on there? And then at the Super Bowl, 
this past Super Bowl, I wrapped up my stuff pregame. And as I was getting my material out from the area it was in, I lift my head up and somebody who was going to take my spot had their hand extended and said, great job. And I shook their hand. That was the first time I shook someone's hand in 11 months. I thought, I thought you were going to tell me you matumboed them. I did not. No, okay. no, no. I, I did I like, not matumbo. Okay. I okay. actually, I shook his hand. Do you know, I mean, we're five weeks away. Do you know what the plan is for the NFL? So, like, are you going to be, are you going to be able to do your player meetings on Saturday or we're still not doing that? Zoom, you don't know yet? Yeah, I don't know. I think it's very okay, you know, fluid yeah. and I think it might still be changing. Jimmy, right. I don't know if it's set in stone. I think there might have been one thought process of this is how it's going to be done. And, and then now with Delta. what's going on around the country, yeah. they might amend that and they might have yeah. to. Yeah. Yeah. They'll probably have to. I bet they wait. They got to wait as long as possible, I guess, to yeah. figure out what the plan's going to be. All right. Before you go, let's let's clear up some food issues here. Because if you yeah, Google Lion I want to clear up some food issues. Okay. So well, let me just start with this because you said you, you have never had coffee. That's true. Never had okay. a sip. Did you see did you see what Lions coach Dan Campbell said today? Because it <laughs> yeah. happened right before we started. Yes. He drinks and, two 40 ounce coffees yes. with two shots of espresso. So he's having 80 ounces of coffee and four espresso shots to get him through the day. Yeah. Yeah. And that shows you I am active on Twitter because yeah. where else you would I that? have seen that? Yeah. Right. I did see All right. that. NFL coaches, boy, talk about the weirdest people on earth. Um <laughs> No, seriously. Like they're like with those stories, like they'd be like, John Gruden's in his office at 4 a.m. Why? Like, why? Why are you in your office at 4 a.m.? It's like they're different. It's help you with, yeah. Different um, okay. So just to clarify, because there's like all these like, I mean, you Google your name, it's hysterical. Never had ketchup. You had it once by accident. Yeah, by accident. Uh fifth Not- grade class trip, Washington, DC, McDonald's disoriented they were tossing hamburgers around i took one bite oh my god and that was it that's the only time it's ever crossed my lips now when you you say no condiments no ketchup no no mayo no mustard okay i got that now and no salad because that would require dressing i've never had a salad now what about spices yeah yeah cinnamon cinnamon for example cinnamon is okay yeah 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 i can eat cinnamon yeah what do you think i'm a communist yeah Uh, oh i mean i'm just i gotta get now like (laughs) like chinese food yeah is that yeah. a, is that a bitch for you to order? Are you doing like a lot of on the side? No, not like, a bitch. No, okay. I just accept okay. whatever they're doing. It's a part of it, and I'm fine. So it's with really it. just the yeah. ketchup, mustard, mayo trio, and the yeah. salad with the dressings. Uh, the dressing, yeah, Thousand Island. That would freak me out. Uh, French dressing, Italian dressing. No, oh, even Italian dressing. Yeah, yeah. Like Any what dressing. about? What about like a pasta salad that's got like an Italian no, dressing? Never or, had. No. I've never had okay. pasta salad. Never had potato salad. No. And when I say I don't like it, it's one thing. I'm telling you, I've never eaten it. Oh, I believe you. That's the distinction. And right. people will question me, like, "Come on, why would I lie?" No, I totally believe as you. Is that? No, no, I believe you 100. Um, so if you go to a barbecue, barbecue. Person's grilling hot dogs, yep. hamburgers. Yep. That's Love fine. It. Plain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Corn yeah. on the cob, we'll go with that. No, no, I'll, I'll eat corn on the cob. But, but if there's that. any sort of salad with the mayo, that's obviously No, no, no. Out. That's, that's not going to happen. Right. It's not right. like it's even right. like, ah, okay. I might take a look. No, 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 no. It won't happen. But someone brought this up to me. I got a lot of texts. I think it was after I was on uh, with 
with Dan Lebetard, right? Because that seemed to uncork, yeah, many reactions. Very, and I got pissed reactions. when I saw that because I'm like, Ian's talked about this with me. Yes, I was on yeah. with you, and yeah. I explained this. But I got a very specific text from someone saying, "I'm going to call bullshit on you because I know for a fact you have barbecue sauce, and that's a condiment." And I said, "Whoa, back it up, back it up, brother. That's a sauce. It's very different." <laughs> That's saucy. I'll tell you right now. If I went on Twitter and said, "Is barbecue sauce a condiment or a sauce?" All hell would break loose. Oh, I know. Don't do. Please, hell. I'm asking you, don't do that. I won't please. do it. But if someone's listening to this, go on Twitter and and <laughs> let us know what you think it is. What about? Uh, so no coffee, tea. Yeah, I mean, I I would drink it. I don't really drink it. There's a throat coat that I drink before every broadcast, right. so that is tea, and it's something that I found. I don't now, know. Do you, ten years ago. Now, I don't want to go all Tom Brady on you. Are you doing like the soda in the morning to get your energy up? Or you? I, it's you... all mental. No, I don't drink soda okay. in the morning. That just happened okay. that one particular day. That's <laughs> and you what can't live it down. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't. I don't. So do in that. a cold like January morning, seven a.m., you got to be out of the house. What are we yep. drinking? What are we drinking? Hot chocolate. I mean, I would have a hot chocolate, but I, I would drink nothing. You don't no. need the hot beverage to get the bones not. warmed up. Okay. Do not. No, okay. it doesn't affect me. Interesting. Now, how does this play with now? Obviously, Raftery, he's only caring about like if you're drinking scotch or no, he's a or, he's a coffee drinker. And the yeah. funniest part, he knows I don't drink coffee yeah. yet yeah. every time he gets coffee. And I think it's just based on him being <laughs> a nice person. He says, hey, Bear, do you want one? Should I get you one? I don't think he's being a prick about it. I think he Love truly it thinks maybe that'll be the first one I'll have. Like, yeah, like one day I just like, yeah, whatever you get, get me that. Never Love had it. it, but today's the day. We're going to have it in Knoxville, Tennessee. Love it. I don't think the coffee thing is weird at all. No. I, know, I, I know a lot of people that don't drink coffee, but they drink soda in the morning, which repulses me. But no, I don't do me. that. I don't do okay. that. Well, that, let's end it there. That's a positive. I don't think <laughs> yeah. so. Oh, you're saying all of that yeah. was a negative, and then we well, this, so, that Tom Brady story is a little shaky, Ian. It was yeah. shaky. Yeah, that I was mean, a, you know, the goat is coming in, and you know he's not eating anything but avocados and I know no tomatoes, and there you are guzzling the Pepsi. Trust so. me, I was not of sound mind. Yeah. I was on. I was. I don't. How many hours of sleep do you require to function? Is there um, a certain number that you need to hit? I have a weird thing. I can function on like, I could do like, you know, function on like four hours of sleep. Mm-hmm. But if I don't get eight the next night, yeah, it's I, am, back. I will have a migraine and I will be completely Your messed toast. up. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. in a perfect world, this is rare. If you get, if I got eight hours, that would be incredible. I tend to get seven. I can function and do everything that I need to do with six. Anything under six, something's going to go awry. Something, some. But that's got to be hard for you, though, with your schedule. I mean, you're doing games hard. late at night and you got to travel. It is very hard. Yeah. So my point is, on that particular day, I was under the six-hour threshold, and it affected my judgment. And Tom Brady, he made me pay. <laughs> like he's done to so many others over the years. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I was like, yeah. I was like a DB in bad coverage. Yes. Yeah. Like he said about on that show and he said, oh, you're you're going to keep that motherfucker instead of me. But he knows he doesn't remember. He doesn't forget. No, he doesn't forget. He remembers He's, every oh, yeah. steel trap brain. On that I game. love seeing it. I love seeing it. And I love having you come on. Thank you, Ian. I appreciate it greatly. It means a lot. Thank you. Jimmy, my pleasure. Enjoy the NFL season. Stay safe. 
And who missed out on this? Doggy. Doggy. Dog. He'll, he'll be on soon. He'll be on soon. But The train let- scenario. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. He he wants to come on to promote a podcast. He does a podcast for Sirius. Yeah, he does. And he will, and you know this better than anyone, he will mention the podcast on his show to promote it and then take a shot at me out of nowhere. He'll be like, <laughs> I talked about the 1954 Pirates for two hours. Put that in your pipe and smoke it, Jimmy Trainer, with your podcast. I'm like, wait, what did I do? Nothing. He's Your the best. collateral damage. That's yeah, it. he is you the best. You have to view it as such. I love it. All right, Ian, thanks a lot. Be well. All right. See you, bud. Take care. I showered for this, so let's just get that out. You, I'll open. tell the people for YouTube. Yep, I put right. uh, I put some moose product moose. in. All right. Yep. Thanks, man. Yeah. Appreciate All it. Right, All right, Jimmy. Be good, bud. Thanks. Let's take a moment to breathe. Deep inhale. Extend your spine. Remain focused on what you're doing. If safe to do so, exhale slowly, leaning to one side. Inhale back to center. If safe to do so, exhale slowly to the opposite side. Find mental health resources at loveyourmindtoday.org. This message is brought to you by the Huntsman Mental Health Institute and the Ed Council. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everyone. This is Molly and Matt, and we're the hosts of Grown Up Stuff How to Adult, a podcast from Ruby Studio and iHeart Podcasts. It's a show dedicated to helping you figure out the trickiest parts of adulting. Like how to start planning for retirement, creating a healthy skincare routine, understanding when and how much to tip someone, and so much more. Here's a clip from an upcoming episode featuring the weekly home checks, Keyshawn Lane, that you won't want to miss. A common mistake that a lot of people do, they use fabric softener when it's not so great for your clothes. Should we never be using fabric softener? No, you should not ever be using fabric softener. It leaves a deposit on our clothes, which is also left in the machine. And it also makes the clothes highly flammable. Wait, what? (laughs) Yes. What you want to do instead is just use a quarter cup of vinegar. And that'll make them softer? That'll make them softer. And if you wanted some kind of scent, you can use essential oils. Wow, wow, wow. Catch new episodes of Grown Up Stuff How to Adult every other Tuesday on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Grown Up Stuff. All right, joining me now, as always, every week for our weekly Train of Thoughts segment, my buddy Sal Akata from WFAN Radio in New York and SNY TV. How's it going? I was going to say, what's next? Yeah, no, not bad. You no, know, I realize okay. every week I come and I plug um, SNY and FAN. I should give out your Twitter so people could yell at you on there because I know you love that. <laughs> Good point. Yeah. Yeah. At Sal underscore Licata. L-I-C. You couldn't get yeah. Sal Licata? You had to get the underscore? I could not get it. No, even years back for whatever reason. It was just not not there. Interesting. Yeah. Plus, it looks right. weird anyway with the two L's back to back. The underscore separates. It looks nice. Sal loves Twitter. <laughs> I hate it. Loves I hate Twitter. it. Well, I will say this. Twitter was good to me this morning because it gave me a column because Netflix put out the trailer for this documentary they're doing on the palace at the Mal- Malice at the Palace, which I thought looked tremendous. Did you get a chance to check it out? 
I did. It is you must see. I, yes, yeah. I did. I cannot wait. I, I, you know what? The best thing about the trailer was that it's, it's coming out what August 9th, which is August we 10th. Yeah, August we're right. 10th. We don't have to wait that. It's it's right around the corner. It's right here. Right. I cannot. Now it's it's a it's a one part series or it's a multiple. So the show is five parts of five different topics. So I think like one topic they said was like Caitlyn Jenner winning the i don't know but one episode is the palace oh, malice at the palace oh, so it's one is, episode so it's a documentary show docuseries yeah docuseries yeah. okay on i thought we just specifically on that that's great i'm into that i love documentaries so i didn't even check out the other ones but that one in yeah. particular is i can't wait for that yeah i'm they did a good job with the trailer um the pacer you know the pacers players are they're still not happy with you know i guess Obviously, they're not going to be happy with what happened, but I don't think they're happy with the perception that they were sort of to blame or they, you know, they run our tests, went in the stands, et cetera. So it'll be interesting to see and hear if there's a different side. I remember that, man. It was such a wild night. I, I just I couldn't believe it. Remember, at that time, it's a little different now where you're seeing fans throw stuff more and just be more interactive, especially with social media. Back then, it wasn't necessarily like it was it 2003, 2004, something like that. And it just to see players go into the stand i'm not saying i blame them i know you can't do it but the stuff being thrown i'm sure there was a lot of stuff being said i cannot wait to find out more behind the scenes stuff and i can understand the players frustration because the fans think they could act any way they want and in reality there have to be some consequences not that that should be it but obviously that's what happened now on the flip side hbo released the trailer for hot knocks it did absolutely nothing for me really yeah. Come on, just that music alone. Football season starts when the first episode of Hard Knocks airs. I, I, I don't I, care who the team is, what the players are, and I know some seasons are much better than others. I just, I can't get enough of it. I love it. The music. I thought, I it. thought it was such a bad year last year. And listen, I think it's been bad. I shouldn't use the word bad. For me, Hard Knocks stopped being interesting a very long time ago when Twitter came around because there's nothing that's on hard knocks that can be fresh. Everything is old. Now, the one season that sort of blew up that theory was the Brown season. The Brown right. season was tremendous because you had Baker Mayfield was a rookie. You had the coach who was like stretching his bullshit. You think they have a stretched at Normandy. I forgot the guy's name. Wiley, Bob Wiley. Oh yeah. The big, the big guy. Great. And then you had Carl Nassib talking about finances and people wasting their time on social media. It that was a great season. Now, do you remember then they them? Did, who was they did the that? Raiders. The Raiders was a terrible season. Man, I don't remember. One of the worst, might be the worst. And then last year they did the Rams and Chargers. I didn't like it, that. It was okay. It wasn't well, but great. The COVID stuff ruined everything. And it was more about that. Like, Oh, this right. is how they're functioning yeah, uh, with COVID. No offense, but what do you think this year is going to be? I mean, there's going to be a lot of COVID this year too. Uh, I don't want to see that. At least it's one team. I thought last year, too, the two teams at times, I, I thought agree. it was confusing, but it was just too much. I want to focus on one team, and that's it. Dive into that team. So I didn't like the idea. Last and it was also about the new stadiums and everything. Last year was – I agree with you. I thought last year's was probably the worst for uh, for many reasons. Um, the Raiders, I don't really recall. I know people ripped the Falcons one that they had years ago. That was ago. a bad one, too, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, some of these are nondescript. I think this will be a good one, though, with the Cowboys. I hope. You know what it is? And I know this is blasphemy to say this, especially as someone who's like in the media and, and I get everything's about the Cowboys America's team the Cow I mean the ratings are always strong you write anything about the Cowboys I'm not interested in the Cowboys I'm just not like That's fair I'd much rather see I mean they won't do it they, they got to go by certain rules but like the Chiefs are so much more interesting than the Cowboys the Bucks are so much more interesting than the Cowboys I think the Bills are more interesting than the Cowboys like 
I don't know. The Cowboys don't get me excited the way they get a lot of other people excited. I get- Agreed. However, I still think there is some intrigue there because, A, it is still the Cowboys. Whether we love them as much right, as everybody else, it's still the Cowboys, not just some nondescript team. Plus, Dak coming back, plus McCarthy. Maybe you get to see his ineptitude on full display in hard knocks behind the scenes. So there are some intrigue. Jerry Jones, I'm sure, will get something, I would hope, at least, with him. And he's always a character. So I, I at least think there are some uh, entertainment elements that are possible with the Cowboys. Yeah, you're and listen, people are going to watch it because it's the Cowboys, so it automatically becomes a thing. I'm just for me personally like I'm not all pumped up because it's the Cowboys, but, but it people, will get other people. Don't people watch it regardless like I know you were I couldn't care less which team. I know certain teams are better stories, but yeah. I don't care who it is. I'm watching it. I love it. I, agree. I want to get even last year in a bad year, I made a point to watch every single episode and I couldn't wait for it to come out. So, how bad could it be? Even it's worst is still a great episode. Yeah. For me. I agree. Um the big, I think the biggest piece of media news this week is that Gus Johnson is going to do some NFL games for Fox this year. He did NFL for a while, for many years for CBS. Then he went to Fox, became the voice of college football for Fox. And now um, I emailed Fox. A spokesperson told me he's going to do six or seven games with Aqib Tlaib, who was tremendous in the couple of games he did last year. Are you a Gus fan? Because some people don't like the screaming and yelling. I I don't mind it. I'm not a, I wouldn't necessarily say I'm a Gus fan. I think he's fine. And I remember certain games when he used to do with CBS, there was uh, some funny moments. He's funny. He's entertaining. But I'm yeah. not, I wouldn't say that I love the screaming and the over excitement. Uh, so I'm not, uh, look, and he's better than a lot of the other teams that they run out there. So no question about that. But yeah. I wouldn't necessarily say I'm a Gus fan. See, a lot of people like to say, like, you know, you're not going to watch the game for the announcers. You think if he's Gus won? Johnson and Aqib Tlaib are calling, you know, Tlaib Lions, was good. he was very good because he was different. He was unique. Yeah. I like that. But if they're much. calling, you know, Lions, who else thinks? Lions, Washington. I'm going to listen to them. I'm absolutely going to have the sound on their game. See, you're a Gus fan. There's no, I don't know if there's an announcer in the world that can make me have the sound on for Lions, Washington. I mean, that's that is a brutal. It's got to be a rough Sunday uh, for that to be the case. But it's but, a smart move by Fox. It's a very smart move to have him do some NFL games. So who is he replacing, and why isn't he doing it full like a full slate? Well, Dick Stockton retired, I think, a year ago. Right. Um, they, uh, the, um, Sam Rosen I, was not in the is roster. Is he gone now, Sam? He's not doing any games for Fox this year. They lost Tom Brenneman. Right. When he decided to just scream out a slur in the middle of a Reds game. Those are three three guys. Yeah. Yeah. And and they needed a change because those guys, and I love Sam Rosen with the Rangers, but with football and Stockton, the same thing. You could tell it was just, you know, it was time. It was time to move on. And then the other interesting thing for Fox for the NFL this year is they're going to have the number two team with with Burkhardt, who we both like a lot, is going to mm-hmm. be Greg Olson going right from the field into the booth, uh, former tight end. And uh, he's on the number two team with Burkhart, Burkhart, which means he's going to get a good game every week. And then Aaron Andrews got moved to that team as well. Explain no, that Aaron's, No, Aaron is still with Buck and Aikman. Oh, okay. Maybe I misread something. What they're going to do, what Fox is going to do is on weeks when they have the America's Game of the Week, which is usually like the 425 doubleheader, right. they're going to have Rinaldi join that team. And I guess they'll cover both sidelines. They'll have Aaron cover one sideline, Rinaldi cover another. Okay. So he's, only doing those, he's only doing those games. Okay. Um, so it's still Buck, Aikman, Aaron, and right. Burkhardt, and now and the, Olsen. Gre- yeah, Greg Olson. So that'll be... 
And then CBS, they're not announcing their um, announcers yet, but right. I'm intrigued by uh, all of that. So I, I get into the, I like football. I like to have good announcers. Agreed. Agreed. But you and I, and look, we watch a lot of Sunday football together, and I'm sure we'll do the same thing again this year. It's really less about the sound for a lot of the games. The biggest ones, the standalone games, obviously Sunday, Monday night, right, the four right. o'clock primetime game, the big game of the week. Hey, obviously, there are some big one o'clock games too throughout the course of the year, and you want to have eye in on those games or whatever. So, yes, I'm into that. But it is a little, especially for the one o'clock games, you get so much going on, so many different things. I don't know. I don't know if I would say I'm focusing on the announcers. Although, if you're a fan of whatever team, let's say the Giants, you like having the big announcers there because it makes you feel like you have a bigger game. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Without it, that that's why you know there's all these rumblings. I talked to Ian about this before you came on. Um, you know, Amazon wants to get a really big booth for that Thursday night because now they're gonna have it exclusive. And you know, it hit me like what having Ian. You know, they, the you know Martian reports that they want Al Michaels. Uh, but if they can't get Al, you know, Ian could be a guy who gets that gig. Well, now, wait, how would they get Al? He's not under contract with NBC anymore? Well, this is keep- suppose, supposedly this is going to be his last year at NBC, supposedly. Okay. And the other thing is he can, the Amazon game is going to be produced by the NBC team. Okay. By the NBC director, producer. Which will be the guys that. that he's familiar with, Al. Right. So Al could, now Al's not going to do every Sunday night. It's going to be like, last, you know, Tariko did about, three, four, five games last year. So I think they're going to have that same deal again this year. I will say, I have to say this, and it's not just because I'm friendly with him and have known him for years and not just because you had him on and you're friendly with him. Ian Eagle needs to be, for the betterment of the viewing audience, he needs to be on a primetime game. I mean, he's he's made for it. I don't care if it's Monday night, Thursday night, Sunday night. Ian Eagle, at some point, give us what we want. We need it. Ian has to be on primetime. It's great for CBS on Sunday afternoons. I understand that. He's got to be on primetime at some point soon. I don't disagree. The problem is there's not, there's no job out there. Like Nance well, you just mentioned be, that that might be one well, Amazon that, that could be yeah but if Al wants it then Al get you know he, the problem here's what's weird what's weird is this is like this new thing where like these networks get someone waiting like the reason NBC wants to have Al maybe retire is because they have Tariko waiting right I, I guess so I, I mean, you know it's weird it's very so like if 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 uh, if NBC Tarico's says fine. he's just not, yeah, is, very good, I, and it's not a knock on anybody else. Even you know Steve Levy, who I thought did a nice job with Monday Night Football. Come on, Ian Eagle. It's almost like he's underappreciated, and I feel like if he's on a primetime game like that, he will get the proper accolade. I don't look. I don't even know if he wants to do that, but right. he needs to be on there. I love Al. Well, Michael, I, he he, he basically said he would want you know he would he would want that gig if it was offered to him the issue I, who, but who knows if cbs would let him do it he's, you know, well a, no he'd probably have to and i don't know what his contract is i thought i read last year where they extended him he just resigned time. yeah yeah so you would know better he's made for prime time it's yeah. for, it's what we need we you i'm telling you if you don't know even the brooklyn nets i i don't love the nets i don't like watching the nets i watch it specifically you talk about watching a game because of an announcer Ian Eagle is probably the only announcer that will make me want to watch a game that I otherwise would have no interest. In. I have a few out there. Like I'll watch if I hear Raftery doing a game, I'll leave it on for a little okay. bit. Marv used to make me listen. You know, if Harlan's doing an NBA game, I want to hear him for. You know, I'm, I'm not listening for three. I, obviously, you know, John right. and Susan right. here in New York, I get locked in on them. <laughs> Michael K. As well, I know you love. I, I listen to the radio broadcast. I enjoy John and Susan. John. John 
You know, I predicted his home run call for Anthony Rizzo would be nobody beats the Riz, and he went to it the second night. You know, I mentioned that on, I was doing the warm-up show on the fan, 5 a.m. to 6 a.m. with Jerry Recco, and he was teasing me, saying, oh, would you have a call with Rizzo? I go, I don't have one, but my buddy Jimmy Traina does, and I mentioned it, nobody beats the Riz. This was before Sterling, this was before it even became a thing, so you, everybody liked that one, and it seems like that's been the hit here. Highlight of my career, I must say. <laughs> you were you were ahead of the curve on that. I don't have any non sports topics for us this week. Do you have any? Do you have anything you want to say? I could give you the floor here. Um, no, nothing that we can talk about uh, on the air. Obviously, what's oh, okay, going on good. With, with, <laughs> I mean, that's oh, good. Be, I I I'll talk to you later. Yeah, I hope we could go out to Maureen some at some point without having any issues. But no, I'm, look, I'm yeah, looking yeah. forward to the football season. Baseball playoffs coming up, so. I'm I'm ready for everything. Non-sports stuff. I really don't have anything off the top of my head. Yeah, there's it's been I don't know. This summer's a little it's this again. I said this to you last week. It's August 4th. Get me to September 1st. The weather Football. in New Football. York, though, hasn't Football. it felt like fall this August? It, it's not it so hasn't impressive. Been great. I, yeah. I like it. You walk outside, it's a nice that that kind of cool breeze. Don't get tricked. Summer. We still got heat coming. We still got yeah. heat coming. Yeah, was, we're not close to football yet. Five weeks from tomorrow. Five, five weeks, weeks from, tomorrow. from tomorrow. Right. Five weeks from, from Thursday. Thursday's opening night. Yeah. yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, and yeah. once that happens, it's over. It's over for Dang me and the wife. The, that's for sure. <laughs> me and you become more of a couple than my wife and I. <laughs> that is the perfect way to end this segment. I'm not saying another word. We'll see you next week. All right. That wraps it up. For this week's episode of the SI Media Podcast, my thanks to Ian Eagle for a phenomenal appearance. My thanks to Sal Licata for an excellent train of thoughts. And uh, if you missed any previous episodes of the SI Media Podcast, be sure to check them out in the archives. Brian Curtis was excellent last week. Sean McDonough recently, Chris Long, all of those in the archives. Give them a listen. If you could rate and review, that helps as well. Subscribe, rate, and review. It really does help me out a lot. All right, we'll see you next week right here on the SI Media Podcast. Stay safe and take care. Snakes, zombies, sharks, heights, speaking in public. The list of fears is endless. But while you're clutching your blanket in the dark, wondering if that sound in the hall was actually a footstep, the real danger is in your hand when you're behind the wheel. And while you might think a great white shark is scary, what's really terrifying and even deadly is distracted driving. Eyes forward, don't drive distracted. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.